Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. One of the keys to, like, maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise-wise. Imagine you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress. When we fail or fall short, the cliche is to just get back on the horse. But a lot of the time, it really isn't that simple. There can be a kind of a PTSD of the previous failure and that previous failure can haunt you and make it more like feel like a fool's errand in the first place. And that's the same if you're running a business, attempting to get a job or just doing running itself, making the comeback, sticking the past failures uh, or mistakes into the rearview mirror is hard. If it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Is there a trick to picking yourself up and getting going again? Well, whether you're attempting to come back from injury or complete that distance or beat that time, the very best person to help you is here with me, as always. It's my coach and yours, two-time world champion, world record holder, Olympic silver medalist, Sonia O'Sullivan in Australia. Happy Easter, Sonia. How are you? Happy Easter. Yeah, we're all uh, on a high, a chocolate high this week, I think. <laughs> Buzzing <laughs> off my head. So first time I've ever done my Lent, ever. Like I realised when I look back, I've never done Lent. I did it. <laughs> I did it. And I know loads of our listeners did it too because of you. And that first bit of chocolate, I mean, it was like crack. <laughs> my, my head nearly came off my shoulders when I had it. I must like I must have been deprived of chocolate. Did you eat did you eat that Australian chocolate with the the agent in it to stop it from melting or did you have any strike at all? I probably did have variations of it. Yeah, I didn't go with any straight up chocolate. I had lots of different um kind of flavored things like I had a hot cross bun chocolate little balls and um, I had freeze-dried raspberry balls. <laughs> I, just, I just eat chocolate balls. <laughs> no eggs. <laughs> we, had, we, we only had very small eggs. I got some for my daughter. Kira was here for the weekend. Lovely. And so because she was because she was coming, I had to make sure I got some Easter eggs. Yeah, so yeah. We, she would we didn't get any giant, giant eggs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got a fruit and nut so, egg off Tina. Has to give a shout out to Tina. The fruit and nut egg, Sonia, we could do a whole episode. This this was the like the greatest Easter egg I've ever come across. The fruit and nut was in the egg. And I don't mean like in it, like the old days when there was a little treat inside. They had baked like it tasted like a fruit and nut bar. The actual egg had the nuts and the raisins in 
the walls of the egg. I mean, I'm getting way too excited about it. In case you can't tell, I am a complete jockaholic. And this, like, this was a bigger achievement than getting running. The fact that I managed to stay off it for 40 days. I have to say this, though, Sonia. Kevin Barry was my guest on the main show on Sunday. He is the brilliant Irish author. And I guess you'd call him a keen observer of Irish life. And he said something to me on the show on Sunday that really resonated with me after last week's Elevation Challenge. He said he was in a filling station in Mayo, uh, or Boyle in Roscommon. And there was an old fella getting out of a car with the wife sitting in the front seat, kind of dictating to him through the window what he was to do. And he kept going over and getting bales of briquettes and putting them in the boot. And then she'd indicate to him to get another one. (laughs) And we all know how lifting bales of briquettes absolutely rip the hands off yourself. He goes back and forth about (laughs) eight times. (laughs) And on the eighth one, he slams the boot shut, walks around to her window and goes, you have me fucking killed. (laughs) (laughs) That is exactly how I felt at the end of Elevation Week. You were the wife in the front seats on you and you weren't even wagging the finger at me. I think everybody feels it. When you set the challenge, we're all out there running up hills going, what are you doing to me? But boy, oh boy, did people take this challenge on. What was your first thoughts when you saw the leaderboard? Yeah, well, I was comparing it, you know, to I think Quran Tool was my kind of um, that was my the one to aim for. Hmm. I thought that was a realistic one for everybody. But then I looked down the board and we had people, Blian Gloss up there in Northern Ireland, and he was running 2,612 metres. <laughs> so I think he was up, he was up over Quran Tool twice and topping Ben Nevis, you know, oh so he God. was really scaling the heights. <laughs> yeah, I, I love Gomez, of course. 2,346, did you say? Yes, yeah, she was. And now, did I write down? Oh, I have the other one here. And our our le- our highest person was in London. I was I was really interested to see where people were running, you know, mm. because you kind of visualise where is a hilly place. Now, Blian, he seems to live in a mountain range up there in <laughs> Derry. Derry, I think he's yeah. in. Yeah, and I tried to zo- I tried to zoom in on the mountain range to see what it is. And you know, if I could remember my geography, I'd probably be able to tell you but I there was a mountain up there called Mullock Moor and then of course I thought that's in Sligo how can he be in Sligo <laughs> so I was checking that he wasn't touring around but he's not there was a there's a Mullock Moor in Northern Ireland as well <laughs> but it was Paul Brennan yes Paul Brennan in London London of he all was places 3, I know three, I don't know how he did this what 3, was the finishing finish 3,452 metres what so that's yeah, that's nearly halfway up Everest. Like he was really going after it. Unbelievable. And so I tried, when I checked on one of his maps, all I could see was Cockfosters. And I thought, ooh, where's that? But that's the end of a tube line, isn't it? Yes, that is. Yeah, that's the thing that appears when you're getting the uh, tube, the train from Heathrow. The northern line, is it? Yeah, I, it might be the, yeah, I think it might be. But, they, but like the, this man, Paul Brennan, we have to like... That's that like that is banana stuff. So this is this is across nine runs he does this, and his average pace was four fifty five. I mean, running that kind of height, like, I mean, 
I don't know if we need to get David Walsh involved here, but Paul, this is some <laughs> mad stuff. <laughs> um, we should give a shout out I, to everybody in the top 10, though. Uh, Ilo Gomez in Gibraltar, third. I mean, Ilo, I feel, I feel terrible for anybody that came close or they, obviously everybody upped their elevation. But like Christopher Marr, Jude, yeah. I mean, I think she runs that. That she probably runs that amount of hills every week because I don't think she has a choice. Yeah, I think in Gibraltar, yeah. step outside door running up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, everything's on a slant in Gibraltar. Absolutely. Uh, Christopher Marr, Julie Balitho, Jason Craig, Christian Lotter, Sheila O'Brien, Sean Bates. I I think I'm going to send as many of these people who are up around that area, anyone who got above a thousand, like, or even close to it, I'll have to send them Irishman abroad pins. I was worried at the start of this, Sonia, that the elevation challenge was going to be a bit of a bust because I failed miserably at this. And it's probably fitting that we're we're doing a bounce back episode today because I really... I did run more hills than I'd normally run. And if, like I said to you last week on the show, if you said, just enjoy the hill. <laughs> Have the crack going up the hill. And, and I did think last week that that'll never happen for me. I'll never enjoy this. But slowly but surely, the achievement last week for me was enjoying it. And I have to say, the uphill skier metaphor that you used uh, or cross-country skiing, I think you said, was the... Yeah, was pull the yourself with your hands. Yeah, get the hands involved. And then there's a weird thing that happens. I don't know if you, uh, if this is a phenomenon that people recognise, but once you've done a very steep hill, then when a little hill arrives, you've got a, a kind of spring in your step. You start to think, oh, well, this is nothing compared to what I've done before now. Is that a common phenomenon? Oh, uh, it is. And like the one thing that you will notice a lot is when you start off. So the first half of your run, the run, the hills can seem a lot harder. And then if you come back over the same hills, they feel a lot easier towards the end of the run. You know, when you've gone through a few other hills on the way out and you've warmed up and everything. And I think, you know, the biggest achievement from this challenge was the amount of people who went out the door and instead of thinking to themselves, Oh, I'm a bit tired today. I don't feel great. I'm going to go on the flat. Mm. I think it was in the mind was, no, I'm going to do the hills today. And you didn't read. It just kind of took you away from that kind of backing down and taking the easy route. And, you know, I think it was a personal challenge for a lot of people. It was definitely a personal challenge for me to, you know, to make sure I ran more hills than normal. Mm. And I wasn't trying very hard to do it. I just wanted to go out there and, and do it. And there's one, I think I told you a few weeks ago about this one hill that in recent times I was walking up it because it was just too steep and it was really annoying me. And, you know, the past few weeks and it, it comes from the beach. So it's from this beach called Southside. It's actually a nude beach, believe it or not. No, you wouldn't believe hello. it. I was running along there yesterday. <laughs> can you hear me? <laughs> Go ahead. I can hear you. I was oh, like, you're just, what are you doing down there, Sonia? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, so it's this nude beach and I, you rarely see people down there, but it was, it was a lovely day yesterday. I, I did a lovely video in the middle of this beach coming from Point Addis over the south side. <laughs> Next thing I see these two people coming towards me, stark naked. 
and <laughs> you don't know which way to look, you know. Are they <laughs> running? <laughs> No, they're just walking hand in hand. <laughs> yeah, no, Irish people will never get used to that. They will never accept that, that level of confidence. Holy shit. Yeah, but it's one of those things when you go out for a run, you don't kind of think that, because it's a lovely, it's a lap that I do and mm. you come back along the beach when the tide is out. It's fantastic. And you don't kind of ever think, oh, I'm going through the nude beach now. I'm a bit overdressed. <laughs> but invariably, you meet somebody walking along. And uh, I'm just always worried if I ever have Winnie with me that she might run up to them and uh, jump up. And she does. <laughs> It'll happen someday. So, so the hill is, yeah, the hill is away from your... this. So is the hill kind of, as, as I know, from being down around Lorne was the area that I used to always go, which isn't a million miles from you, that there's a lot of these hills from these cliffy beaches. Is that what this is? Yeah. So, you know, you get to the end of the beach and then it's just, a, you know, oftentimes when you go to a beach, I suppose, even in Ireland, it's a big steep down, you know, it mm. can be steps. But this one is a steep path up and it's a concrete footpath and it zigzags around, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you go around the corner and you think, am I there yet? <laughs> and then you come over the top. <laughs> and it was funny, actually, when I then I was you go from there then and you head towards um, Bell's Beach and you run down onto Bell's Beach and you've got to run up from Bell's Beach again. And this is a gravel hill and it's not as, as steep or as long. And so I came flying up it yesterday because I thought this is it. This is the last hill up. And I got to the top and I was hands on the knees, huffing and puffing. And I ran across the crossing. And next thing, this fellow bobbed out from between two cars. And he goes, how are you, Sonia? <laughs> 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 and of course, I thought I knew who he was. And I'm like, oh, Grant, how are you? <laughs> and then I thought, should this fellow, I know who that is. <laughs> but he was always some Irish fella out for a wonder. You know? And he spotted me while I was on my you know, bent over, catching my breath. And he managed to get across the road and catch me going up the trail <laughs> when I had recovered. So, you know, that was kind of nice that he waited till I was recovered before. Yeah, that is decent. <laughs> Surprisingly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, this was, you were doing was nice, our next you know, challenge, though. You, 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 you were actually, I saw the video on Instagram and this is probably a good time to say, like, that sounds like an absolutely stunning, like, scenic run to do and the the next challenge is your 10 mile road race that would normally take place in Cove it's up on the Strava group now it is designed as part of the Irishman running abroad challenge to raise funds for jigsaw.ie our chosen charity partner so when you do a challenge lads just throw in a tenner to the I donate page or make sure. And of course, with this one, Sonia, you can take it from here. This is your event and people can register and get a gorgeous medal. Uh, the medal is absolutely beautiful. I can't wait to get mine in the post. Tell us some more about it. Yeah, well, normally when we have the Cove 10 mile or it's the Cove 10 this year, so you can run 10K if you like or 10 miles or even 5K if you're just starting out. Hmm. Normally we, we do a great mug for people who come to Cove and there's always a little picture of some scenic spot in Cove. Um, but, you know, mugs are a bit more tricky to send in the post and medals and T-shirts and hats. So this year we've got a, 
a lovely bobble hat, black and white, the Ballymore Cove Athletic Club colours, a T-shirt and a very nice medal for anyone who likes collecting medals. It's got a little replica of the Belvelli Castle who are really great supporters of a lot of sports events in Cove and they're, you know, big backers behind the, the Sonia O'Sullivan Cove 10 mile. Um, so anybody who'd like to take on that run, it's only 10 euros to sign up and um, a portion of that goes to the charity that we support for that run, which is Breakthrough Cancer Research. Brilliant. Um, and, and it's great, you know, to link in with people who, you know, running in Cove and beyond and, you know, often the Cove 10 mile run it's quite hilly and undulating, so that can kind of scare people away. But this year you can sign up, you can run it and you can choose to go a hilly run, which I did yesterday, or you can do a flat run. And it's any time this week up until because we were due to have the race next weekend. So instead, now you can sign up and just do it any day you like um, between now and then. Or you can do all three. You can do a 5K, 10K and 10 mile, which some people are doing Hardcore. Um, throughout yeah. the week. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, mean, hard. I I looked at the route. I looked at the route around Cove because I think, you know, we had kind of hoped that this might be a, a time when I was back in Ireland, you were back in Ireland. Like it is, it is mad to think that we haven't met since the start of this. And I can't wait for that day when we get a gang of listeners together from the running club, which I have to plug strava.com forward slash clubs forward slash Irishman running abroad. More than a thousand runners in there. It will be great. And it is a hilly enough route, though. And I, I thought it was it was funny to think that after last week, people should be excited about running hills, even though I, I think Paul said I won't be running any more hills for the rest of the month. Like that in fairness, Paul must have PTSD from running those hills. Um, I, I do. We do need to get on to our topic, Sonia, because this subject that you selected for this week the bounce back from failure or from a difficult time is something that, first of all, everybody's living through on some level in this strange time that we're living in. Second of all, is absolutely 100% guaranteed that you are going to have difficult things that you need to recover from, whether it's in running or just in life in general. And thirdly, Again, to refer to Kevin Barry, that episode of after this one is kind of the perfect partner because he talks all about embracing the these bad moments and this these kind of things that we would be ordinarily to, taught, taught to think of as failures to try to turn them to your favour. Why did you select this as a topic for today? Uh, well, I suppose I was reminded a little bit of it there just a couple of weeks ago. I ran a, a 5K on the track and then I ran. I was happy enough. I ran 1940 and, you know, you get a bit of a buzz after you, I suppose, achieve something in, in a race or, you know, whatever it is that you set out to do. And then all of a sudden you think you can do more and you get really excited and you want to get back out there and line up again straight away. So then I planned to do it. 3,000 meters a couple of weeks later and I didn't I was all geared up for it and I but I wanted to go faster and I think that was it you know you kind of all of a sudden you think you can reach even higher goals and and I didn't feel great <laughs> and I was then all of a sudden you start to question yourself and wonder what you're doing and it reminded me you know that I 
I did have a lot of times, or not a lot, but I suppose a number of times down through the years where you set out to run a race and it doesn't go to plan. And then all of a sudden you go from feeling like how you feel before the race where you're looking forward to going out there and taking on the challenge and, you know, you're, you, you've prepared as best you can to be successful. And then when the result isn't as successful or you're not getting the result that you expect, mm. all of a sudden you feel really disappointed and it's more mental than anything else. It's like you're disappointed in your mind and then that can affect how you feel in your whole body. Like all of a sudden you start to think, oh, I don't feel very good at all. Mm. <laughs> and you lose the motivation and the energy that you had going into the race. And you kind of think, well, how can things change so dramatically in 24 hours? Like, how can you go from thinking you're going to run better than anything you've ever done before mm -hmm. to 24 hours later feeling like, oh, I'm not, I'm rubbish. I'm, I'm no good at this at all. Absolutely. And, you know, this can happen. It can happen at so many different levels. And, you know, I mean, I can look back to even in 2000. So, you know, a couple of months out, maybe, maybe only six weeks out <clears throat> from the Olympics in Sydney. And I ran a 5,000 meter race in Crystal Palace in London. And I was really looking forward to this. I kind of, I thought I backed down my training a bit during the week, but then when I looked back, I didn't. And I went into the race expecting to win and expecting to run a fast time. And, and I didn't either. I think I finished about fifth and I ran a pretty average time and then all of a sudden it was like how can i even be thinking about going to the olympics i'm not any good at all wow so this <laughs> so was this a was a thing this was a thing that like like i i totally hear you but obviously you would dip mentally into the that kind of place in your mind of oh i was codding myself yeah you totally question yourself and then you wouldn't realize that there's obviously other reasons for this and it's it doesn't always kind of add up as you think it's not as simple as it, it should be mm -hmm. and there can be lots of different things affecting you like emotionally maybe you did a few extra runs that you should have run a few less and you look back at the session that you did on the Tuesday before and it was a bit harder because you're actually training for the Olympics in six weeks time not for this race on Saturday and <laughs> You know, when you don't have those specific discussions with your coach, you don't really think about it in the detail too much. And then it can nearly blindside you when something happens that you least expect. And you kind of think, hang on a second, there's people beating me here who shouldn't be beating me. Mm -hmm. How can I line up and think I'm going to win a medal in the Olympics? And I was devastated. <laughs> and I remember my coach, he said to me, oh, you, you need to take a break, Alan's story. You need to have a rest. And, um, you know, I had to really think. I couldn't sleep that night. And I was really weighing everything up, what I was going to do. And I decided, hang on a second. If I let myself, you know, really get down into a, a negative state here, it's going to be really difficult to get back up again. I've got I've to get back on the horse again, <laughs> literally. Mm. And I just, you know, I sent an email at three o'clock in the morning, you know, because I wanted to, you know, the thoughts that were fresh in my head, I said, no, I'm not taking a rest. I'm going to take it easy the next few days, but I'm going to run the race 
in um, in two days time in Zurich because I need to go out there and I need to see where I'm at because this isn't good. This isn't good where I think I'm at. Mm. I need to see where I'm really at. And, you know, I think sometimes you do have you have to dig deep and you have to soul search a bit to find out, you know, where you really are. This might be just a tiny blip and there may be other reasons for it. Mm. And you have to accept it and move on rather than dwell on it too much and have that as, you know, the marker where you're at, because everything else doesn't indicate that you should have this drop in form, that there's obviously some something affecting you that's allowing, that's causing this. Yeah. The, um, the, and even it could be, it could be just, it could be a loss in concentration or, you know, just something doesn't go right and you lose it. Yeah, you basically yeah. you lose it for one moment and it can throw your whole perspective of things. Mm. And then I think it's that's when it's really important how you really react to it and how you, I suppose, measure yourself up to what you want to do next yeah. and how you react and how, how you perceive things. And it's like everything. It's how you perceive things. And it's, you know, I'm sure this is how a lot of people are at the moment is that you know, what you do and the decisions that you make, a lot of it is based on how others perceive what you're doing, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, in the current circumstances and, you know, how you're going to be seen. And, and we're all, it's a bit like how we perceive what we're, how we have to think about, we have to overthink at the moment. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are going through this in their life in general, is that, you know, every time you go out, out the door you have to overthink how you're going about things because you want to be seen to do doing everything right you know to be staying within your five kilometers to be you know not kind of interacting with too many mm-hmm. people and if Masked you meet them up. you know you don't yeah. want to get yeah it's all about perception and, and I think that's can be with a lot of things in life and in running it's how you perceive things how you interpret things and how you then kind of move on from that to the next thing and not get bogged down in, you know, something that is kind of, I don't know, it can just overtake your whole mind and then cause you to be affected by it. Mm. You know, whether it's, you know, in running or in life, I, I think you have to break things down simply and, you know, think about, you know, what you want and how you're going to achieve it. And I think that's how it was for me, was that you just kind of think, hang on a second, there's just too much information, too much overload here of, you know, what I'm trying to achieve, the kind of test that I've done, I failed a test, then how do you recover from that? Mm. And how do you kind of build yourself back up again without kind of being a bit too dramatic about it, without panicking and, you know, getting yourself back on track again? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot in that. I mean, but everything you're saying there will resonate with people because, as you say, we're not we're not all going to the Olympics, but the that Crystal Palace failure, as you viewed it, your skill in that moment as an elite athlete was to go through the process that other people would have taken maybe months to go through. I mean, some people, you know, lost their job at the start of this 
and are still processing their getting back on the horse now uh, or had an injury and are still processing the sadness that they felt as a result of that. But what one of the many things that made you different was that you were able to click through those mental processes or uh, steps way faster than a person should. Uh, I mean, that was bananas that you got to that point where you were like, no, Zurich is where I need to be. Because I've been advised at different times, and I'm sure people have heard the same thing, that when you have a, a tough defeat or moment, that you need to take your time and be sad. Allow yourself to be sad. Don't submerge those feelings. And I am thinking about Jigsaw.ie, our chosen charity partner, and how they teach young people resilience. And they do an amazing job of resilience training for kids and teenagers. But sometimes I've thought, like you, in that moment, that actually dwelling on the sadness and focusing on now I am sad and allowing yourself to feel that I have the same fear that you do, which was if I do that, that wave will swallow me. What I got to do is swim into it like I'm on a surfboard or duck down <laughs> under it and through out the other side and catch the next wave. Do you get what I'm saying when I say that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's definitely how you react mentally i think how so i think your your mental reaction affects how you feel physically and um i had a, a small experience of this yesterday i was um I, I met up with a friend to do some stand-up paddle boarding and i know i'm not very good at it but i'm really keen i want to do it <laughs> <laughs> and it's all about balance and you know coordination so and i get the i get the shakes when i try and stand up on the board <laughs> But as soon as I learned how to fall into the water without hurting myself, I didn't care anymore mm. how many times I fell in, that I was going to get back up every single time and keep doing it until I could actually stand there for a long time and, you know, get a photo taken at least to prove <laughs> yeah. that I was standing <laughs> Let me get the photo that it did happen. Yeah, exactly. I listened to an incredible uh, interview uh, on the Tim Ferriss podcast. I really do recommend people listen to this with uh, Jerry Seinfeld, somebody that I would hold up as kind of a master of his domain, if you'll excuse the pun. But he really, he's of the same mindset as you in the sense of he never saw himself as, like he believes that it is about consistency over time and that his whole thing was about writing, was about tonnage, uh, that he just believed that, you know, you, you do enough miles and eventually you'll get good. But what I was amazed to hear was that he he did have dips because this guy just seems so bulletproof. You know, he's in, in that kind of Tiger Woods end of things that Kobe Bryant, you know, no weakness, show no weakness. AP McCoy, these, these people who... There's this steely thing that you can't read them. I feel the same way with Jerry, but he said that he would have had, um, he would have struggled with depression during his, his, all through his life. But the way that, the thing that he would go to was that this was part of being him. 
and that he got all the benefits of being him uh, and all the little great stuff that comes with uh, performing at a high level. But this was part of it. And in that same breath, Sonia, you tell me if you'd agree with this. How important was it for you to realise that failure and these moments of real heartache were part of what made the great days amazing? Yeah, I mean, I think you, you learn so much when you fail. And, you know, it's how you kind of come back from the failure, I think. I think when you fight back, you fight back strong and then you appreciate your success so much more. Mm. And I think then every time you fail, so I think, you know, you can, if the more experience you have at failing, the greater you are at recovering from it. And you don't allow yourself to sink so low when you, when you do fail. Mm. And it, so then I think you do kind of build up a resilience to, you know, you know, you can't win all the time. You can't always be successful. As much as you plan for success, it might not always work out, but you just have to keep trying and trying again. Mm. And I think there was there was a thing there. Oh, it was I did something with them. It was in Trinity College and it was something that Stan Warinka, the tennis player, said. He said, you know, if you have to learn how to fail better. It mm. was something along those lines that, you know, you fail once, you fail twice you know, you, you fail better so mm. that you learn from every failure that you have, that you, there's something, you know, if, if you're winning all the time, then you're not learning anything. You're just, you know, setting yourself up for the big fall and you're not going to be able to cope with it. Well, um, I, that, I, I there's so a, much more. Yeah, and I have a little thing here in front of me. I'm just trying to lift it out here because this is uh you know one of the fundamental tips you gave me early on and i, I uh whenever i'm doing a radio interview about our show here and i did one on bbc radio 5 live during the week and one of the things that you told me early that i'd never really done i think Andy mcnulty had said it to me before as well was the keeping of the logbook and it's in the same line of failing and failing better was to just look back at what I regarded as failures by keeping the logbook of what I'd been doing in terms of my running. You could see, oh, no, that like today may seem like a failure. Like this run that I like elevation last week was a fucking disaster. Sonia. I couldn't do it. I really tried, <laughs> but I just couldn't do it. And as well as that, I couldn't find but hills. You, and then I, com I convinced myself that I, I, I could. This is as many hills as I could do. But then if I look back through my logbook, I'm like, Jerry, you ran 55 kilometers last week. I mean, I looked back on night one running around Mead. And I struggled to do 2.5 kilometers that first night. And sometimes that context is everything. So if, if, if I could give a recommendation this week, it's get your, get your log book going, lads. I have an amazing moleskin one here in front of me, which has all sorts of gradations, including, you know, an exercise log within it, a personal goals, diet, general health. It's a special one that uh, was given to me by Andrew McNulty. And that, and honestly, Sonia, that thing has been a lifesaver every step of the way and every bump that's been in the road of this. But 55K, I even worried 
that that might be too much, that I might have upped my mileage too much. But it did just bring me back to that place of what you were saying. Though this week may have seemed like a failure relative to where you were at the start, it was a massive success. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing. And it, with writing it down in the training diary or the, the logbook is that you can look back on it. And that's the big difference. I mean, you talk to a lot of people, they say, oh, I keep it. I, I have my Strava log or I have my diary mm. on the computer. But I think it, it it really is got such a huge impact if you physically handwrite it. Mm-hmm. And I think you you actually remember writing things. You remember writing the good days and you remember writing the bad days. And you can go back over it and and you remind yourself of of where you started and where where you've got to. And, um, you know, even though you don't have the fancy graphs and, and things that you can quickly zoom over on Strava, you do have those little memories and you know, you might make little notes of where you ran or who you ran with or how you felt or what the weather was like. And you don't get that same feeling, I don't think, in a computerized version. And mm. uh, and it's just a nice thing to be able to carry your notebook around with you. And, you know, sometimes I'll go to a coffee shop and, you know, catch up if I've missed on writing a few days and fill it back in again and try and remember what, what was I doing that day or who was I with or yeah. where did I run? I even throw in the thoughts in there. I mean, I just throw in some of the thoughts that I have when I'm running. And, you know, even just that, getting those thoughts down on kind of things that you can't shake, ideas you're having, just having it all there in the one place. It is extraordinary. Like, I really do remember these things better, like you say, when they're written with the pen. One final thing on this before we get to our email of the week is you hear this all the time you have to be brutally honest with yourself sometimes i think you tell me what you think of that first of all because there's a part of me that thinks that brutal honesty can lead you down a negative track if you don't apply the brutal honesty to praise towards yourself like if you're going to be brutally honest with yourself about what you're failing at you need to be brutally honest with yourself about what you're what you're what you've done well i think if you're brutally honest with yourself then what you're really doing is you're accepting where you're at and you're you know you're not disguising anything from yourself and you're being realistic and then you realize, you know, what you've actually got to do, you know, because we can all kind of fool ourselves, you know, that we're, we're doing fine and we're going along grand. But when you write things down and you kind of see the little things that are missing or the, like little things that you might be skipping during the week, maybe a little gym session here and there, or maybe you're not paying attention to the the diet and the refueling and, you know, depending on, you know, where you're at in your training, if you're, you know, if you're really focused on achieving something or gearing up for, you know, a a marathon, say, for example, as a perfect example, is that you really do have to tick all the boxes. And I think every now and then you do have to have a bit of a realist, a reality check with yourself and see, am I really doing everything I should be doing or I need to be doing to get the most out of it? Because, you know, if you're going to take on a challenge, then you might as well do it properly mm-hmm. and do everything as well as you can. 
And, you know, that doesn't mean that you don't have a life and you don't you know, have other parts in your life. It's just a small portion of your day and just an awareness of everything else that can impact that, like what you eat, your sleeping, you know, if you can do recovery, just all the little things that you can include in a normal day to help benefit, you know, the effort that you're putting into the training. Um, so there's, I think there's no harm having a reality check every now and then. Mm. And, you know, I think, you know, the, the Lent, the Lenten challenge did that, you know, I mean, it kind of makes you focus on, you know, being maybe a little bit more healthy for, you know, a good portion. What was it? 40 days. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I've spoken to a few people about this and they say, you know, I feel really good and I quite enjoyed that. And they nearly don't want to go back to their old ways but they know they will and then they kind of think but maybe I could be better and I said well maybe you know you can just enjoy the weekends and you know be a bit more aware of things during the week Mm -hmm. and then you appreciate things a lot more. Uh, Amen to that Sonia I have to say the the last 40 days have have been mad and it's been reflected in uh, the idonate.ie page, some incredible donations up there. Sinead Tynan, Noel Carr gave an astronomical amount. Thank you so much, Noel. Avine Digby, Neve Tobin, Paul Brennan, <laughs> fair play to you, Paul. Another shout out for Paul. Jennifer Jones, Kevin Devine, Patrick Smith, David Mitchell, and that's just a few. Uh, please keep those coming in. I donate.ie. Just search Irishman Abroad or my name uh, if you'd like to kick in a couple of quid over there. Louise McCarthy has to give a shout out, has to get a shout out this week, Sonia, for her running book club suggestion. I think we've agreed that we're going to take this. She says, Hey, Jar, love the show. That's my Pat Kenny impression, Sonia. Pat always read out that part of the emails. Hey, Pat, love the show. Not sure if this has been recommended before, but there's a really entertaining autobiography, which would be perfect for the running book club. From last to first, a long distance runner's journey from failure to success by Charlie Spedding, who, Sonia, and Louis, Louis, or oh no, it's Louis McCarthy. Sorry, it's not Louise. Sorry, Louis. Bronze medalist. Charlie was bronze medalist just behind Sean Tracy in 1984 at the Olympics. It's a bit of a cult classic in the running community, this one, Sonia, he says. So, Louis McCarthy, your nomination has been accepted. Sonia says she has this book to hand. And we're going to make this our, <laughs> our book club uh, book of the month. It's called just one more time. It's called From Last to First, A Long Distance Runner's Journey from Failure to Success. I can't wait to get this one. I, it's not available on Audible, weirdly, which means I'll actually it's have to sit a, down and read um, it. It's, it's a small book. It's actually it's not a very big book, so it's not like shoe dog. It's, <laughs> not as, it's definitely not as thick as that. Thank God for that. And... Yeah, it's it's a while now since I've read it, so I'm looking forward to going back and reading this again. And I I don't read many books twice, mm. so um, because we're going to do this, I'm I'm kind of a bit lost for books at the moment. I haven't really got anything. Yeah. I've just been dipping in and out of a few manuals, which you know you you don't really get stuck into mm. them. So um, yeah, I'm going to give this a go this week. Well, uh, do keep your recommendations coming in irishmanabroadpodcast at gmail.com or even just your experiences of the show. Uh, this community that we've created here 
is something else. And I get messages, Sonia, from people from all across the world saying how it's connected them with you know other people running. And I know it has for you, too, that that sense that you're not just out here doing this lonely thing by yourself, that we're all in this together. And that brings me to our email of the week from Paul McCarthy in Cove. He says, hi, Jonathan, Sonia, happy Easter. So this morning I completed the Sonia 10 mile race here in my native Cove. Good for you. I hear you say, but I started running in mid February. And this is my backstory on how Irish, the Irishman running abroad podcast helped me. He said he's a psychotherapist in Cove. And about two years ago, a client of his recommended our, uh, my podcast series here, and he's been listening ever since. He's also the coaching officer for Cove GAA. So he was the main point of contact in bringing you, Sonia, in in April 2019, just after the last Sonia 10 mile run. Do you remember that? I do, of course. Yeah. In the Cove GAA club at I probably wouldn't have been in there too often in my youth, um, but I was invited in to have a, a chat with the young, young GA players and um, and particularly the women as well, the girls GA team, um, to answer a few questions. And we had a really insightful discussion that night and hopefully some tips were taken on board by the, the young players in Cove. Well, and, I- and it seems like Paul himself... Yes. Took on some tips. And well, one of the things running you, shoes on. Yeah, one of the things you said, and as we've discussed here, was write down your goals. And Paul writes, so in January, I remembered and I wrote down my goals, which was to walk every day in January. Just walk. That evolved into a run walk, which you've discussed as well. Uh, and in mid-February, decided to evolve my goal to running the Sonia 10 miles in April. I've been doing an at-home strength and conditioning program since November, and I think that definitely helped because I had no mileage done. This is a sensational story. I completed the race slowly, he says in brackets. Absolutely not the point. Speed isn't the thing, isn't it? Uh, Did it with my wife, Marie, who's been running for a few years. And after every podcast, I would tell her, Sonia says, I melt Tina's head with the same stuff. Well, Sonia says. <laughs> so he's given us a list of some of the ones that have really resonated with him, Sonia. So, so many ones, including the uphill skiing and your first mile should be your slowest and time your wee before you leave the house. All the classics. I never set out to be a runner, he says. I'm not really one now. But without the podcast, I would not have been able to do it. So many, many thanks. Keep up the good work, lads. Kind regards, Paul McCarthy. And he sends a very attractive photo of himself in front of a statue of you, Sonia, in Cove. So you are our email of the week, Paul McCarthy. You'll be getting an Irishman Abroad T-shirt and badge in the post shortly. What a lovely email to receive, Sonia, has to be said. I mean, just just to me, I, I get a little bit emotional when I read these. I don't know if this community that we've created it, has that impact it's, it's on you. Great. <laughs> I mean, you know, just to see that you actually are getting people out the door and running and keeping them out there. And that's the thing I find, you know, listening to podcasts when you go for a run is that it keeps you out there. You know, you can find a route to take you and keep you keep you out for the full hour, mm. I think. Um, and you can actually get taken away from thinking about the physical activity that you're actually doing and you know the 
sometimes you can be tired sometimes it's hard work but if you're listening to something you can kind of escape and go off into another world and 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 to me sometimes I go listening to people podcasts or occasionally music but generally podcasts and you feel like you're out running with someone mm-hmm. and and I always find then when I go back and rerun some of the routes I'll remember yes. certain podcasts that yeah. I listen to at certain places along the way. A hundred percent. And yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it, I think it, it, it's, a, it's quite intimate time to have, I suppose, someone in your ears. Mm. It's a bit like listening to the radio or a podcast in the car. It's like, you're more in tune with it, I think, than if it's just on in the background when you're pottering around doing stuff at home. Well, you know what? Um, with the next so the, the next book that we choose, uh, I'll have to pick one from the other side of my life, comedy, and pick one that is really funny. Like pick something that will have people bursting out laughing while they're on their runs. That That's going to be my goal. I'm going to find <laughs> that book because, uh, you know, we've done a lot of we've done three athletic books now after this one. So the next one is going to be pure laugh out loud. So as the sun comes out in as we head into summer, I, I'll find that book for you. In the meantime, if you are looking for laughs, Return of the Crack, our online comedy club is an unbelievable lineup this Friday. Harry Hill is going to be on with Ed Gamble, Angela Barnes, and there's even a bit of magic from mind reader and close-up magician Pete Heat. These are a lot of fun. Sonia did one during the summer, and uh, you know it's as close as to going to a gig as we're going to get for a while. And as Sonia said just there, it does help you escape. Just ha- just that hour and a half on a Friday night where you wipe the tears from your eyes. Nothing helps you forget quicker than a proper belly laugh so return of the crack.com is the website you want to go to to reserve your stream i'll be back on friday with marion mckeown uh, with more irish man in america and joe malloy who people might know as a brilliant sports journalist from news talk is my guest on sunday with a lot of a, a lot of fun chats about getting inside the minds of different athletes over the years do you have you have you worked have you been on joe's show before on off the ball there <laughs> you're putting me on the spot now <laughs> i know who he is and i've listened to him plenty yeah he's but, very um, good he really is very good but i yeah i couldn't find an interview with the two the two of you uh but yeah, uh, I, I don't think i've had a i haven't had a one-on-one with him you know like a proper interview like that but mm. i may have been on some shows or with a panel him. with some other yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's great. And uh, that interview is all locked and loaded and, and ready to go. I think people will really enjoy it. He really uh, has had some astonishing conversations over the years, including one with David Ginola, who people may remember. Do you remember him? Very handsome French yeah. football player <laughs> for Newcastle back in the day. Didn't he? He did, he did some ad for Shampoo. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He was the head and shoulders <laughs> man. And Joe did an interview with him about uh, not getting selected for the 1998 World Cup when France, of course, won the World Cup. And he was in this prime. And Joe had a conversation with him about the heartbreak of not getting selected for that team based on 
sheer personal, you know, access to grind with him. And, you know, that alone is is worth the uh, entrance fee, which is free. <laughs> the Irishman of Raw podcast is free. Or you can buy us a cup of coffee this month and head over to patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad. Sign up to be a patron and enjoy all the benefits, including free entry to Return of the Crack, the online comedy club. And, of course, hundreds of episodes in our archive, including our original chat, Sonia, back what is it six years ago you were over for easter that's there in the archive uh, you can enjoy yeah, that one. Time. Yeah, yeah. six years ago was it? yeah yeah and sophie was making cookies in the kitchen that'll tell you how long yeah. ago it was but uh this has been a really <laughs> it's it's always great to talk to you sonia brian connelly's on production as always john Marr does extra research tina and mikey make it all possible they're waiting downstairs now to go for a coffee walk it's actually snowing at the window here sonia that's that's easter in this part of the world after wasn't it like really nice yesterday yeah it was 19 degrees here yesterday we were out in the sunshine oh lord but look we're we're now coming into these spring months and uh, we've a lot to look forward to make sure to sign up for our latest event or sign up for the sonia o'sullivan 10 mile road race it's all there available through a quick google or on strava.com forward slash clubs forward slash irishman abroad i'll talk to you next week sonia thanks so much Okay, talk to you next week. Have a great week. We used to be giants. When did we stop? Just say the word and I'll be yours. You know I never forgot. The hope and the hurt has lived inside of me. But there's gold in the dirt. I never took the time to see. But I knew
say the word and I'll be yours You know I never forgot We were the song of the silent The time catches up